1: We're here to have fun, smart conversations with some of the most knowledgeable and entertaining people in politics, media, and beyond.
0: Our goal is to try and make sense of our current crazy world, our new abnormal, and hopefully even make you laugh through the tears.
2: Hello, and welcome to another Sunday bonus episode of The New Abnormal. We thank you so much for being here. Today, we have an extra special guest with Danielle Campamore, who's a reporter for The Today Show, and she's going to talk to us about the implications of the rollback of abortion rights in America. But first, let's have some fun. All right, are you guys ready to listen to some clips? Hell yeah, Andy. Yes, yes. I want no. I want to hear clips. (laughs) I want to hear clips. That's good because Jesse Waters, he's very unhappy with the House of Representatives, like most Americans. But his feelings on what's happening are a little weird as usual.
1: Where are the bombshells? Have the investigations even started? How about what did you know and when did you know it? It's a good question. Where are the smoking gun documents? My producers looked at the House schedule and the House has only been in session for 22 days this year. They spent four days fighting over the Speaker and so really they've only had 18 days of real work. In February, they worked eight days. Guys, I know that's a short month, but it's not that short. If their schedule holds up, this isn't even a part-time job. We're paying these guys almost $200,000 and they have a lighter schedule than Biden. We ran the numbers. Biden has worked more days than Congress. So what did we get so far? Well, all we've gotten was an investigation into George Santos's tall tales, right? Oh, and don't worry, the House Ethics Office is also working on figuring out if AOC may have broken a rule for that MetGal address.
2: Conservatives almost getting it. It's so close, so close.
0: Do you know how much he's paid? (laughs) I just like, that man is paid over $16 million a year. (laughs) Just on that alone, I'm, like, fucking gobsmacked right now. Like, can I just be paid to be dumb? Like, just, <laughs> I knew I did something wrong in life when I didn't become a, a black Republican. I
3: could
1: be swimming oh, in it Oh, you right would now. be rolling in it. Swimming in it. Oh, my, oh my it. God.
0: I'd be like Duck McScrew. What is McDuck? Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge? <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah. I'd be
1: Scrooge McDuck. Just I'd be in the swimming coins. in it right
0: now. But yes, Jesse Waters in that brief clip, just like Tucker Carlson's brief things about the Capitol building in that brief clip, he seemed, you know, to almost get it. Except, you know, Joe Biden and Congress combined all worked more than Donald Trump in four years. But I digress.
1: What is amazing is that he's not upset that they didn't work more on legislation. Which is, you know, their actual job. What he's upset about is they didn't work more on hearings about things like Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family and stuff like that. That's what he's upset about. He's upset about hearings. And that's why he's just, he's so close to getting it. But the fact of the matter is, however many days they've worked there, they've wasted their fucking times holding Twitter hearings and stuff like that instead of actually doing the people's business, passing laws to make lives better and stuff like that. And look, it's probably a good thing that they're not passing bills because they would probably be horrific bills. But the idea that he's mad that they're not working hard enough at owning the libs, that is really what he's saying there. And I've said it before, and I will say it till the day I die. He is the dumbest man on cable news. That is a hell of a gene pool to pick from. So it's not something I say lightly. It's not like I said, well, he's the dumbest person in Mensa. (laughs) He is even in a sea, an ocean of absolute morons. He stands out for
2: being just unbelievably stupid.
0: Sixteen million. That's all I'm gonna say. Sixteen million.
2: Yeah. Well, one day, if you two are to get paid sixteen million dollars, one Kimberly mm-hmm. Guilfoyle has some advice on how you two could invest it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that you guys know about Gold Co. Don Jr.'s been talking about it. Gold and silver can protect your retirement savings from inflation and dollar devaluation. And owning
3: tangible, physical, inflation hedging gold and silver can help diversify your portfolio. You've got to have a diversified portfolio. Everybody knows that. And Gold Co. has helped thousands
0: of Americans diversify and protect their retirement savings, support companies who support you. It makes sense, doesn't it? Instead of supporting both companies who hate you. And and use your money to further their political agenda. So go to Kim's Metals, it's kind of catchy.com to learn more. That's Kim's Metals.com. Oh my god, I was like, Did she just say Kim's Metals?
1: Like, don't go to woke
0: companies, go to my grifting ass company so that I can sell you silver and gold. Oh my god, they're is, just is- a walking fucking imp- is it HSN? Was that HSN? <laughs> They're a walking fucking infomercial. These Gripton ass Republicans. My God. It's nice to
2: see how fast she's learning the family business. She's only engaged into it. I just popped open that website.
1: <laughs> how much did you spend? It looks like a website from 2003, basically. <laughs> some job. of those mm-hmm. type things. Yeah. But there's a big picture of Kim in the middle saying, I partnered with Goldco because I believe in their values and in diversification. No, you partnered with Goldco because they... Give you money.
0: Is Gold Coat even a real company? I don't even know. Okay.
1: They claim they are a top rated gold IRA company.
2: I feel like for as long as there's been TV for old people, this is one of those companies has existed.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Back when I worked there or whatever, you know, William Devane was constantly trying
1: to sell me stuff Mm. in ads. But I get a kick out of when the mask like completely slips and they just go full grifter. Yeah. So I I love shit like this. It makes me sad at the same time because I think of, of all the people who will listen to her say something like this and not realize that literally everything she says is is a grift and everything she does is a con. And like, I don't know how you hear this and not say to yourself, wait a minute. If this is what she's saying about some gold company, she's trying to get me to invest in gold that she's getting paid to do, maybe the other shit that she is saying isn't real either. But they never they never quite make that leap. So that makes me sad.
0: They're selling to the people that were at CPAC and head to toe Trump regalia. I know. They will buy and take anything. I mean, they were buying what? Fucking like survival dried food on alex jones's website they've gone to the bottom of the barrel because these people believe any fucking thing that comes out of their mouth although i'm not not sure how she opens it with all those injections anyway
2: <laughs> danielle i can't believe you're dissing cpac fashion i saw a uh Robber with a hundred different pictures of Donald Trump on it that I really wanted.
0: I mean, they are making dress barn money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, I'm I think contractually
1: obligated to say this anytime we talk about Kim Guilfoyle and just that she was easily I think out of all the on air people, she was the most hated person at Fox
2: by the people who worked there. Well, we often call someone that you're engaged to your better half, but not. Uh, <laughs> It's it's really questionable if I can say that right now, but uh, her not quite better half, DJ TJ, uh, he's got a mm-hmm. message for y'all. You better stay woke.
4: Talking about folks, like how could this possibly be it? But now we're supposed to just forget all that. The experts had a rough year. They haven't been right in close to a decade, but we're supposed to believe them. No, the opposite is true, guys. We are only now heightened to just how bad they were. Remember the experts, Trump's doing it all wrong in North Korea, and I know because we've been leading the policy for 40 years and we've never had a meeting. We're supposed to trust the people who have failed themselves to the top. No, 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 folks. The expert class just maybe isn't so expert. They're bureaucrat idiots that probably have no business being experts in anything. We've seen that. They're willing to lie to you, to bastardize the truth, to hide the most obvious the most obvious realities of the world to protect their narrative. And that has to stop and we can't let it go on. So, uh,
0: check Junior's resume real quick. <laughs> has he has he worked at a company that didn't have daddy's name on it? And let me see anything. I love these people who barely got into school, probably got into college only because somebody paid for them to get in there to then bash actual academics and experts and all of these things, people who actually worked in their field and then have the audacity to talk about, oh, people that have failed. Your daddy was bailed out by grandpa like time and time again. I just like the projection, the fuckery, it hurts me sometimes. It does, I'm in pain.
1: The thing to remember
2: about DJ TJ is-
0: You make him sound too cool when you guys are Uh. giving him this name.
2: How, how dare you say he's not cool? Just look at that man. That, 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 he oozes cool.
0: He oozes.
2: That's not him talking. That's the
1: Coke mind virus. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. I don't think we can
1: blame him for the words that are coming out of his mouth. He has been fully taken over by Uh-oh. the CMV. The CMV? And, you know, so he is not in control of his own actions. So I think we need to cut him some slack. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, I just needed, I wanted to make a comparison to him and Cocaine Bear. (laughs) I'm like, so basically, here you are, Andy's like, it's not him, it's the cocaine, and I'm like, he's not the bear that had to, like that ingested the coke in the woods. Like, he actually knows what the fuck he's doing.
2: I have a pitch for Hollywood, that's the buddy comedy I wanna see. Yeah, (laughs) I kinda do, arm in
0: arm.
2: Imagine the poster, guys, imagine the movie poster. Well, unfortunately, I don't think Rep. Mike Collins has cocaine to blame for what's happening in his brain, but he has some thoughts on what's causing train derailments. After seeing another Norfolk Southern train derailed this weekend, I was reminded of the fact that the company wrote to shareholders stating that it is focused on DEI. This administration's focus on DEI is forcing private companies to rethink their goals, and one has to wonder, Was Norfolk Southern's DEI policies are directing resources away from the important things like greasing wheel bearings? Y'all, this insanity must stop.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Wokeism is what caused the derailment of the train, not Donald Trump's administration deregulating and not looking after the types of brakes that are needed for these high speed trains, it doesn't have anything to do with the deregulation and diverting of resources into shareholders and CEOs pockets, right? No, it's it's diversity and inclusion. They are out of their fucking minds. Like I honestly, everyone, need, the water needs to be tested. Wherever Republicans <laughs> gather in mass, we need to test the water.
1: This is one of those where I I don't know what's scarier, if he actually believes this or if it's all just part of the grift. It doesn't matter because it's, you know, he said it either way, but like if he actually believes this, then he cannot function in, in an open society. He he just can't. And the fact that he hasn't somehow starved himself to death because he has been convinced that the chicken on his plate is woke
0: Mm-mm. and
1: I don't understand it. And, and look, if he's if he's lying and if it's a grift, that's obviously again it's just as bad i don't know which is scarier it's it's equally bad if not worse but like i just don't know whether to say these are the dumbest motherfuckers in the world or that they are just the biggest grifters in the world and yes it could be both
0: both can be true Andy.
1: i know but i just like in this how can you say something this stupid and again and function in an open society i don't get it danielle
0: i would like them to secede i really would i'm willing to give them a state alaska because the, you know like take that one you can see russia you can see your friends be there Go ahead, make it the anti-woke place. They can't function in society. That's why they're trying to shut society down. That's why they're trying to erase history, put women back in the kitchen, like gay people back in the closet because they can't function. They can't function with all this freedom. So everything has to be a problem. They are the angriest fucking people I've ever seen. Angry and fragile, which is like the worst combination.
1: Like we just we have three administrations, which I'm sorry, includes the Obama administration, the Trump administration and now the Biden administration who have watered shit down on behalf of the rail lobby. And as you said, you know, have watered down regulations and have done all of this stuff, and and allowed the rail companies to get away with all this stuff, and do their stock buybacks and all that stuff. And this guy's going to get up there. It's unfathomable. It really is
2: unfathomable. Well, if those DEI trainings hadn't happened, where folks Southern wouldn't have made twelve billion dollars in twenty twenty two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that part.
1: when picking a commerce platform for your business you have two choices or
0: i prefer don't you
1: as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business.
0: Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase.
1: That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase.
0: Shopify.com slash abnormal. Friends, I am very excited to welcome to The New Abnormal, my friend Danielle Campamore, who is a reporter at Today Parents. And Danielle, I can't even remember how long we've been talking to each other now, but it has been years. And the coverage that you have provided across different outlets, platforms with regard to women, with regard to reproductive care, with regard to parents and families has just been amazing and your latest story really got me and for those people and you know again I'm an empath so sadly I'm moved to tears by a lot of things these days but the story Danielle that you have on today.com which is entitled she wanted to be a mom when the pregnancy failed, she almost died waiting for an abortion. And it is your reporting on Amanda and Josh Zeroski, but these two who are would-be parents in Texas. So, Danielle, take us inside your reporting on Amanda and Josh.
3: Well, thank you so much, Danielle, and and for that gracious welcome. And, you know, before I even start, the shout out to todayparentsday.com and parenting in general, as it includes abortion coverage, I think is important to note, the majority of people who have abortions are already parents, they have children at home. So people often wonder why are you covering abortion care, and reproductive justice in this vein, if you are also covering families, people who decide to have children, people who decide to have children are also people who are deciding to have abortions or who need them in medical cases such as Amanda and Josh's. And so in that vein, yes, I I talked to Amanda and Josh, they found out that they were pregnant in May of 2022. They were extremely excited. This is something that they had worked really hard for. In fact, they had some difficulty conceiving. Amanda said, you know, during that time period of their life, she felt defective. And so when they found out that they were pregnant, they were overjoyed. They found out they were having a girl. They told family and friends, all of these things that those who choose, decide, want to, and are excited about having and expanding their family's experience. And then 18 weeks into the pregnancy, Amanda was told that the fetus was no longer viable and possibly life-threatening. Because they were in the state of Texas. And because the fetus, while not viable, still had a fetal heartbeat, she was told that they could not do anything because one, the fetal heartbeat was still detectable. And because two, she was not sick enough. And so in order to receive care, the fetal heartbeat either had to no longer be detectable or she had to be closer to death. And what does that mean in the medical space? Even doctors can't tell you that. And what Amanda told me that has really stuck with me as a reporter, as a parent, as a human, as someone who like you is an empath is that learning that the future that you had envisioned for yourself After you find out that you're pregnant and you wanted to be learning that future will no longer exist, that this potential child that you had dreamed of will not exist in the way that you had envisioned is heartbreaking enough. And she even thought, okay, like the worst has happened. Now I'll get treatment. I'll be able to go home and grieve. And that process was delayed. And the nightmare didn't really start actually for her until she tried to have an abortion was denied. So as the title suggests, she had to be actively dying. And again, Mm -hmm, what does that mm -hmm. actually mean? Right, right. She was in the ICU for three days, she developed sepsis, then the doctors felt like it was clear for them to engage in the medical care they knew she needed days prior without the possibility of them being imprisoned or fined up to ten thousand dollars and so she almost lost her life and now a year later she has scar tissue on her uterus that could impact her ability to conceive again this woman who wanted to be a mother who is excited to be pregnant who was denied the medical care she needed now could possibly not be a mom again because of this anti-abortion law.
0: There are so many parts of this, Danielle, that are so disturbing to me, which is, you know, first, the fact that politicians, Republican politicians who did not go to medical school, who know nothing of the female reproductive system, who know nothing, essentially anything other than whatever their white evangelical Christian constituents believe, which isn't founded in fact get to decide whether or not Josh, her husband, was going to have to mourn two deaths, the death of their unborn child, because the child was no longer viable, and the death of his wife. And when you bring up the word grieve, for them to be able to go home and grieve, I also am disgusted by the fact that in this current anti-child, anti-woman, anti-reproductive health, anti-care, anti-health world that we are living in, America that we are living in, that we
3: are robbing parents or potential parents of the ability to even grieve. Right. And one thing that has really stuck out to me too, and I actually pulled it up so I can get Amanda's words verbatim, because again, I think about them often is that reproductive life, reproductive outcomes, they're messy. They can be a combination of joy and sorrow, light and darkness. Anyone who's given birth, anyone who's been a parent can attribute to that, which is why they can be for many people considered to be sacred and why the idea that those who don't have a medical degree who don't understand the science either because they can't or because they won't are involved in these decisions can be so detrimental so heartbreaking and cause so much harm and pain amanda talked to me about when she was sick when she knew her fetus wouldn't survive and she was waiting to get the care she needed they would have to do ultrasounds periodically to again see what was going on with the fetus if there was still a heartbeat and then check to see if she was quote unquote sick enough to receive care and she told me and i quote every time they had to do an ultrasound previously those had been been such joyous magical experiences suddenly i was left with the stark reality of wanting to hear her heartbeat and also not wanting to hear her heartbeat, because if I didn't hear it, they could induce me and it could just all be over. That ultrasound became a beacon of horror. So when you're talking about inhibiting the grieving process, about the harm that these laws can and often do cause to a woman's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual self, that's very real. And Amanda documented that in such a profound, such painful way. You know, it, it just... It... It really just strikes me
0: the way that Republican politicians really are about wielding trauma and weaponizing health as a way to harm and punish women. If in fact, these supposed bills are about wanting to quote unquote protect children because everything that they do that causes harm is veiled under this idea of, oh, we're protecting children. But you're not. We're waiting on women and people with uteruses to reach their deathbed. And what if the doctors are not able to bring them back? What if her sep- was too far gone?
3: Well, and another thing that really strikes me in all of my reporting too, and when we do reach out to these anti-abortion groups, they point to the exception language. They point to, look, like we have it built in that there's exceptions to these laws. If someone's health is in danger, they blame the doctor, saying that doctors can't tell. They're not able to figure out the laws on their own. And it's the doctor's fault. But look, a doctor is not a politician the same way a politician is not a doctor. Mm -hmm. And when they continue to point to these doctors... I mean, I have spoken to doctors and they've been in tears. They've been crying to me. They've been saying, look, like I've had to step out of the room and call my lawyer while my patient is bleeding. I know how to help them. But I also have children at home. And I have to think about what will my life look like if I go to prison? I had one doctor, Danielle, and I will never forget this, who said, you know, the onset of COVID was less scary than it is now. Because when we went to work during COVID, like in March, April, May, June of 2020, and we all thought there's a very high chance that we could die and many did at least our families would get money at least we knew wow. that they would be taken care of if i go to prison for caring for a patient my family gets nothing and what are they left with it's scarier for me now this is an ob that i spoke to who's practicing in texas and oklahoma so it's infuriating the harm is caused not just to people who need care but the people who are giving care
0: yeah, and I think that that too. I'm I'm really glad that you lifted that up because I think that, you know, these are doctors who take a hippocratic oath to do no harm. You enter into this field because you want to help people. And the fact that you have to decide at critical moments between the care of your own family and the life of somebody that is sitting on the table in front of you because of politicians that have no idea and don't care to know the pain that they are actually causing with these zero-sum rules and laws that they have passed is really astonishing to me and i think that the story here needs to be about the harm and trauma that is being caused on all sides of this danielle one of the things that you know recently happened is also that walgreens has decided that regardless of states where the abortion pill is legal and they are a pharmacy that is supposed to provide medication they've decided that they're pulling all abortion pills from their stores, regardless of the laws of that state. And as a way to push back against private industry that is now either taking up for the far right or cowering to the far right, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has said, well, guess what, Walgreens, we're not going to do business with you. What do you make of his approach to trying within the realm of his power to fight back against the far right and fight back against private companies that are going to cower to them.
3: Right. Well, in my reporting, I think what Newsom has decided to do is really born out of what a lot of people on the ground have been doing. When I've been speaking to people about what Walgreens has the decision that they've made. There's just a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of individuals who said, well, then this is just not a place that I'm going to do business. And I think what made Newsom's decision, perhaps for him easy, not just from a political standpoint, but even just in terms of maybe how he's able to sleep his night is he might be taking a look at what people are doing on the ground, because a lot of people are saying this is not where I'm going to do business. So yeah, he is pulling, you know, he's not going to renew their $54 million contract. That's huge. And I think that again, if you look to what the people are doing, they're putting their money where their mouth is when they can, and those in position, of privilege are making those decisions when and if they're able to let companies know it's not lost. I me. Mean, this is International Women's Day, like you can post your international women's appreciation post, but what are you actually doing? Right. And people pay attention. They're paying attention to what Walgreens is doing. They're paying attention to what these companies are doing, not just when it comes to reproductive health care, reproductive justice and abortion access, but LGBTQ plus rights as well. You can wave your flags all you want, but what are you actually doing when your customers are in need and looking for health care, looking for medical care? So I think Newsom's really just taking a page from a book that a lot of people that I've been talking to have been living by day in, day out. Should
0: other governors... Democratic governors take a page out of Newsom's book. For instance, if we're looking at what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida with pressuring Disney and other private companies that he does not like their content, he doesn't like what it is that they're doing, do Democratic governors need to do the same in order to protect their
3: constituents? Well, I'll answer this as someone who talks to those constituents a lot. And I'll say that, look, like it's very easy to highlight the hypocrisy But at the end of the day, what does that exactly do? I mean, we've seen clips like the amazing Jon Stewart. You can sit down across from someone, you can highlight their hypocrisy. We're all for small government, yet we're trying to make sure that a company does XYZ or a person in the privacy of their own home or in the privacy of their doctor's office does XYZ. We can talk about the hypocrisy till we're blue in the face. We can report Mm -hmm, on it mm -hmm. until we're blue on the face. That doesn't seem to do a whole lot in terms of holding those in positions Of power accountable, which as a reporter, I like to remind not only myself, my colleagues, but my bosses is my job. But I do think that, yeah, when I'm speaking to people, I think they very much want to see more than just the outlining of hypocrisy. They want to see action. And I think when we look at the reaction to what Newsom's doing i think that's what more people would like to see is more action we don't need from what i'm told we don't need someone to get behind the bully pulpit and just speak with their words what are you going to do to hold the companies who are cow towing to what you know is going against the things that they espouse in, in public what are you going to to do to hold them accountable how are you going to actually push them to hold the values that they want to speak about on a pride month or or on an International Women's Month and I think that Newsom, his constituents are happy. His constituents are saying thank you. People across the country who aren't his constituents but are going to be impacted by Walgreens' decision are saying, yes, more of this. So really, it's not even about what I think. You can look at the reaction. And I think that yeah. other politicians can glean from that what they what they want to. But I think at the end of the day, again, our job as reporters, or at least how, how I view my job, is to speak truth to power and to speak it accurately and honestly. And so much of this back and forth, so much of why we're in the position we are in now is that we've had this coverage of these issues being controversial when they're not. The majority of people in this country supported Roe v. Wade. The majority of people in this country still don't want Roe v. Wade overturned, even though now it is. The majority of people in this country don't want the government to tell people what to do with their pregnancies or when and if they can't expand their families. So when we talk about it as if it's a controversial issue, we get into these different types of discussions of what XYZ politicians should or shouldn't do if it's politically advantageous. What is this really doing to the people who are impacted? Yeah. That's the bottom line. And what it's doing right now is born out of Amanda and Josh's story. It's hurting people. It's putting people in harm's way. It's actually causing people to either be unable to have a child when they want. In Amanda's case, she may not actually be able to conceive again or potentially not even living to see another day when they can consider whether or not they can have another child. And so that's kind of where where I stand in all of that.
0: Danielle, I will tell you that your continued coverage is breathtaking and important and necessary And I tell folks to head over to today.com to follow Danielle Campamore on social media because these stories matter. You know, and I and I will tell you, Danielle, that I've been watching your appearances on MSNBC, on NBC. And I just, you know, I applaud you and the work that you are doing, because I know that, you know, even in the coverage and even in the storytelling, which is your job, it does wear emotionally to see and talk to other people through their pain and grief. So I just want to say I appreciate you very, very much.
3: Oh. Dear friend, I appreciate you. Thank you for uplifting all the stories, for giving even a larger megaphone to these voices and for being a fellow empath. I think that that type of voice is needed now more than ever. You've always been that beacon of consideration that seems to be a foregone feeling as of late. So to have you here in this space, I mean, don't know what I'd do without you, but glad I don't have to know. <laughs> glad
0: I don't you don't have to know. I hope that you come back to join the new abnormal friend. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed checking out this episode of the new abnormal. We're back every Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday. If you
1: enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and keep the conversation going. This podcast is a Daily Beast production with production by Jesse Cannon and Seamus Calder.
2: Only from
4: Rustolium